Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson. I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? Going great, as usual. How are you, David? Doing pretty good. A busy week in the Miami sports scene, even though there's (laughs) no Miami football. Quiet week week on the Hurricanes front. Which is pretty good timing. Quiet week on the Hurricanes front, which is, you know, good timing considering everything else that's happening. Yes, very, very good week to have a bye week, right? Yeah. Um, so, oh, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we'll get to that later. Um, first, though, yeah. we got to talk Miami-Florida State. Um, we haven't recorded since uh, that blowout. Like, I, I, I kind of expected Miami to handle them. I did not expect it to look like that. Uh, I didn't either. I, I mean, I, I never expect that um, because because of too much in the past. Right. You know, when Miami is on a big stage in the recent, for many years actually, they've, um, you know, laid an egg, kind of. Um, I know Louisville, they didn't. Uh, Louisville, they did not. and And this was... Another example of how this program has obviously evolved, I mean, greatly. Well, just in the Miami-Florida state of it all, I mean, uh, those games are at least as long as I've been kind of following them closely. You know, there's obviously the exceptions, a couple of 47 nothing games, but for the most part, they're always close. And, uh, I mean, you've seen a lot of them. Was this kind of like as one-sided a, a game as you can remember in the rivalry? them all going back, you know, many years, but um, this was definitely one-sided. It was amazingly one-sided, actually. But I guess the people that knew Florida State, you know, they were all saying before the game, look, this this Florida State team is not very good. I mean, relatively compared Uh to, you know, to to what they usually are and and knowing what great athletes they recruit. Right. Um, but you know, you know, I don't cover Florida State, so I was just waiting to see. And I did get kind of a uh, not a, not a great feeling about FSU. Um, even you know when I realized that Mike Norvell was going right. to miss the game with the coronavirus, David, I just uh, you know he's a first year coach, and uh, you know. It hasn't. The program hasn't done well. You know, last year mm-hmm. the head coach got fired, and after the UM game, actually, and yeah. I just I didn't have a good feeling after that. Even if Mike Norvell was, uh, you know, was asymptomatic and coaching them during the week, I just did not have a really a great feeling. Yeah, I'll tell you when I I knew Florida State was in trouble when Miami like took care of Georgia Tech in the, uh, I think it was a noon game, and Syracuse, I think, won that by like 14 or 17 points, and Georgia Tech beat Florida State, and Syracuse is not good, and it was, uh, you know, any anything, you know, because, you know, this early in the season, sometimes it, a loss happens, and you're, that team, like, I'm, like last year when Miami lost to North Carolina, and Miami ended up being bad last year, but like, that people thought that was a really bad loss, and then North Carolina wound up being pretty good. Um, so yeah. you never know early in the season, but like that was uh, that was a reminder that there was this Florida State team this year was just broken, basically. Um, yeah. 
the, you know, it's a series. We we talked about it last week. It, it goes in these runs, and now it's four in a row for Miami. After what was it, seven in a row for Florida State before that? Yep. Yeah, um, seven. Why? Why do you think that happens? What is it about this rivalry that that there's been such seismic shifts and and really seismic shift because you know Florida State was a you know they won the national championship in 2014 I guess that was yeah 2014 um and Miami like is just way better than them right now yeah it's crazy i i'm not sure about the the streaks i mean it's, it's pretty just, weird right yeah it's just the way it is well it's such an intense you know rivalry I, I don't know. I guess I guess it is weird in a way, right? I I'm not sure how to explain that one, but um, it's definitely a, a, the streak pattern has has survived, you know. Yeah. Oh, and this, these guys now, Manny Diaz is already saying, you know, uh, I, I I mean the senior, the fourth year seniors are going to go out never having lost. Right. But it's so weird to me. Because I went through that seven-year period. Right, when it know? was like Miami had, I mean, they had some close loss. I guess the last loss in that was at the extra point, the black extra point, I think, was the last loss maybe think, in that streak. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, well, like there were games think, in that one that weren't close, and then all of a sudden it swung where Miami is just, you know, pretty do- dominated the last two games pretty. I mean, obviously Saturday was like an unprecedented blowout, and, and even last year, I mean, obviously, Willie Taggart gets fired the next day, so it's dire straits oh. for Florida State. Um, that was and, and amazing, actually. That was, yeah. yeah. I remember what the the uh, FSU writer for I don't know for an online uh, site told me last year. I said we were at we were in oh, yeah, we were in Dallas. You were there, yeah. right? Yeah. And. And uh, I said, is there any way that Taggart could get fired? I mean, right? He's, yeah, like this week? <laughs> not even, I, I didn't even say it like that. I said, yeah. he's definitely on the hot seat. Maybe he's going to get fired. And this young man said to me, no way. Uh, no way they're going to do that, whatever. And sure enough, so, but obviously Norvell, he's a first-year coach. Yeah, he's and, not, he was, and he wasn't even there. <laughs> didn't even, right, he wasn't even there. But, um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I sensed it all the way. Yeah. Um, so what did we learn this week? I mean, it, it feels like the offense gets a little – I mean, it, this was a game where Florida State was so bad, I, I don't really know how much we learned, but it does feel like the offense is just – I don't know, maybe getting better, I don't know if it's the right word, but definitely getting more comfortable, like opening things up. Um, like it feels like they've kind of – you know, they're obviously going to keep adding stuff um, throughout the right. year, but it does feel like the – the like package is more wide open in terms of like what what they feel comfortable doing. Oh, I think the oh, I think the offense is is way better. I do. I yeah. think that uh, well, definitely think, better than week one. But you know, they look good in week two against Louisville, also. Yeah, but they're they're like just yeah. I mean, um, they're um, yeah, they're 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 the spread has just been so good to them, so. I, and I, I do think they're going to keep getting better. Yeah. I, Brett Lashley, you know? Yeah. I mean, the running game, obviously, like, that, that's that been figured out basically since day one. Um, it feels like, and then D'Eric, 
you know, I think we said it last week. They ran for 300 yards in week one, then Dierk threw for 300 yards in week two. Um, and then, you know, on Saturday, uh, it was just like kind of a complete performance. Um, the one thing that does still, still feel kind of missing is like the wide receiver spot, like finding, and you don't necessarily need like one go-to guy, obviously, but um, beyond Brevin Jordan, they still don't really have like a guy that you watch and you're like, that guy's going to be in the NFL in, in a year or two. And I think that's kind of the one thing still missing. But you can obviously, you know, scheme around that to a degree. Like, you know, Derek completed passes to 10 different players. I think nine in the first quarter on Saturday. You know, he, he completed a big first down to a, you know, a third down conversion to a, a freshman for his first career catch. Um, you know, Mark Pope, I think, had his best game of the year. Mike Harley, you know, might have yeah. had his best game yardage-wise. Like, they're... Getting a little bit better, but they, it still feels like they need that kind of number one receiving weapon. Um, 100% agree. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Um, it's good that they're getting a lot of guys catching the ball. Yeah. I think that's key. And he's going to keep ro- you know rotating them. But it, it is true. They It would be great to have one, uh, you know, keep rotating them. But it would be great if one guy really emerged as a, as, you know, can't miss guy. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, it doesn't have to be like a guy who you force feed, uh, you know, 10 times a game to, and he has a thousand receiving yards, but at least, you know, you want a guy that, that you look at him and you, it's not crazy to think he might be on an NFL roster next year or the year after that. And, you know, Mike Harley, I'm sure he'll get a shot. Um, you know, D Wiggins is maybe the closest thing they kind of have to that right now. He does seem like kind of the guy that, Derek is like most comfortable with like trying to make big plays to him. I think Harley probably leads the team in targets, but um, they, it's they they still just don't have a guy like you who you feel like is you know Florida State has Tamori and Terry, and he was terrible on Saturday, but like they don't have a guy like that. They don't have that just like big go to target um, that you know pretty much every good college football team finds a guy like that um every team that has like kind of miami's aspirations right now of being like a a bcs whatever new year's six bowl contender um and really the rest of the offense like there's not a whole lot of weak spots on it anymore because the offensive line looks pretty good yeah the offensive line is um looks really good yeah and you know, I, I was looking at their at at Miami's. I mean, again, it's it's, it's only after you know after three games, but um, UM is now tenth, David, tenth in the nation in sacks allowed. Mm-hmm. Okay, they they've given up three sacks total in three games. They gave up zero sacks uh, to Florida State. They allowed no sacks. Um, they allowed, I think, two the first game and one against Louisville. And as we all know, the the offensive line last season allowed 51 sacks. I yeah. think there were three teams uh, worse than them in the whole nation, right? So yeah. over over well over 100 um, teams were yes. better than them in that category. So, like... It's what a huge difference. And I, I know we've talked about this because De'Ara King, yes, the quarterback uh, 
he's been so darn good, right? And 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 he helps in so many ways with the spread because he's quick and he he mm-hmm. releases the ball quickly and he and he, he you know he can escape when guys are about to tackle him. But um, very the offensive line's been doing a great job. There's just no no other way to say it. Do you yeah. agree? Yeah, I mean they are. Uh, you know they're going to get probably their toughest test, obviously, in um, two weeks when, or I guess a little more than a week now when they play Clemson. And you know it's worth noting this Clemson defensive line is young and and not probably not quite the Clemson defensive line we're used to seeing, but um, mm-hmm. still like Miami's offensive line last year was bad against bad defensive lines. <laughs> like they were just bad no matter what. Um, so yep. it's like already obvious there's a lot of progress. And I think, you know, if they get through a game against Clemson, um, you know, only allowing two sacks or something like that, then yeah, it's like time to really be like taking, taking the, that group, um, really seriously. Uh, you know, they've, they've definitely got a couple of guys you just like feel good about now, which they did not, other than maybe like. I guess DJ Scape was the team MVP on offense last year, so maybe you would have him on your list. And Corey Gaynor, I guess by all accounts, was you know pretty good, uh, you know above average center last year. But they did, just didn't. I mean, we talk, I think we talked about him last week. But but just having Jared Williams, like that guy, is like steady. And they just didn't have a guy like that last year. They didn't have a tackle like that last year. Um, yeah, I, I know Scape was a right tackle last year, but obviously he's a guard. Like that, that's obviously where he's best suited. So to have a, right. a tackle who is, you know, has an NFL body, is a fifth-year senior, and um, has kind of held up his end of the bargain in, in terms of like this is exactly what Miami needed him to be. Uh, he's maybe even exceeded expectations. It's just something they totally lacked on the offensive line last year. Right, yeah. And well, I mean, last year they had to start Ja'Kai Clark and Zion Nelson, who were two true freshmen who were not particularly right. highly ranked coming out of high school. Like, everyone knew they were kind of long term plans, but Miami just didn't have any other options. So they had to throw them out there. True. And I, and I guess they said last year that, you know, hopefully it would help in the future. Yeah. I think that's the only thing they had to kind of go on, yeah, you know, yeah. to give them hope. And, yeah. it, and, it, and it, it's true. I mean, Zion Nelson. Started last game, right? Instead of John Campbell at left tackle, yeah. um, and uh, Jakai Clark is you know at left guard, uh, and um, you know Jakai actually spoke this week on uh, Hurricane Hotline, and um, he's you know he's happy with what they're doing. Um, he said that the spread has worked really well. Um, because it's where it's definitely wearing the other teams down. Okay, so and they the UM guys are getting used to it. They're getting used to it. They're yeah. they're in so much better shape now. Um, and so uh, you know it forces the big guys. They they have to be in better shape. And yeah. um, and the other teams are having are having a tough time keeping up. And as the game goes on, it gets harder and harder. So. Um, you know what? A, what a huge! I mean, that's the biggest improvement yeah. that they could make in that in that area. Yeah, they turned their biggest weakness, probably in the entire roster, into most important, and and and, and also the quarterback play. I, I, yeah. That and, goes a long way. Yeah, 
But uh, offensive line, I think, I mean, I guess kicker was probably the biggest weakness technically. But um, actually, But I, I think the mo- the biggest weakness we would have had like listed at in terms of like offense and defense, not counting special teams, would have been the offensive line. Um, and it is now. Uh, I still don't want to say it's a strength, but it's um, you know, it's at least like a net even, right? Like it was a net negative last year. Now it's worst case scenario. It's pretty much like passable, as we've already been able to see. And you know, Zion Nelson got a start, um, a left tackle on Saturday. And I mean, remember how much of a mess he was this time last year, basically. And I think PFF had him as like their third highest graded starter um, on offense. So he's a guy that has made massive, massive, massive improvement. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and I and I, I was just saying, think about how good they're going to be next year. Uh, right. Well, Jared will be gone. They lose Jared um, and. I, but Corey, Gainer, Gainer, well, and Scape like theoretically oh. could go. I have no idea like whether they would and and what you know what their grade draft projections would be, but. Zion will be Zion will be back. Uh, Jakai will be back. John, John Campbell, I guess, theoretically would be a tackle. And then they've got, you know, the Jalen Rivers is one of their top freshmen. And um, and actually, technically so is um, Isaiah Walker, who um, transferred from Florida, was, you know, a top 150 overall recruit. And Scape is... Scape, Scape is a junior. So he'll, he'll also... Yeah. I mean... I mean, their biggest problem is going to be the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, we're this will be something we have to talk about later in the year. Uh, I don't think we have yeah. to yet, but just like these, all these transfers are—it's a great story. It, it's really clearly had done a lot to make Miami good and bridge the gap. Ideally, for Miami, bridge the gap to the younger guys, but um, it could make for a rocky transition next year when you lose your best offensive lineman, your your quarterback, your uh, best safety. Um, your two best defensive, pl- your two starting defensive yeah. ends, like all those guys could be gone, and and then uh, it, it's you're losing a lot of the, yeah. yeah, you're losing a lot of your best players who only were here for like a year or two. Yeah, you are, and uh, and UM the the way you UM's um, pattern is that guys leave early, mm-hmm. and a lot of times not so smartly. Or whatever, leave early. I, I know, you know, a lot of them, whatever, have family situations yeah, and yeah. need the money. Understand that, but they really, in the long run, do not make good decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel bad about that, you know, because once they go, that's it. Um, but I, I can't help. I know, I know, we're going to talk about this later in the year and with each game. But I keep, I'm already thinking about it, thinking yeah. about wow, thinking about De Eric and how lucky they are to have him and. What happens next year? Yeah, yeah it's going to anyway. be a, 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 like a culture shock, basically. Um, before we wrap up Florida State and look ahead to the bye and Clemson, because I think we have to talk about the bye as its own opponent, 
um, yeah. is um, the defense. I mean, 52 obviously gets all the headlines, but the defense was – that was like – and again, Florida State's offensive line is probably the worst Miami's going to face all year. Um, they're just a mess from top to bottom, it seems like. But that was the first time I think the Miami defense like looked like the Miami defense of like 2017, oh, yeah. 2018. They look good, didn't they? Yeah, and they're like, you know, they're they're always gonna like bend a little bit, but they like the just the speed and the physicality, like the, all that stuff that like Manny prides himself on was on display. Oh, yeah, yeah, physicality, the big plays, the big plays. He loves that, and that and they and holding FSU to three thirty three hundred thirty yards, one hundred and five in the first half. I mean, yeah, yeah, the defense, just uh, the turnover chain, you know, the, the I. Really, if there was, I know Manny said this, but if there had been a crowd there, oh it would have been crazy, right, David? It would. Yeah, it would I mean, that, yeah like, that that Jalen Phillips um, interception goes God. in the same pantheon, not the same pantheon as necessarily the Trajan Bandy pick six against Notre Dame, which I think is like kind of probably if you like made a list of the twenty best Miami plays ever, it might be somewhere on there. But that Jalen Phillips play is in that kind of same lineage with that and. Um, yeah. Is it Joe Johnson had the fumble recovery against for the touchdown against North Carolina? Like those plays that just when you think of this era of Miami defense, that's a play that's gonna like be on that highlight reel. Oh no doubt, and, and Trajan's pick was that's in its own category, but it's in. Counted. No, no. I, 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 what I mean is the touchdown counted. Oh right. Jalen took the ball and, and ran oh, down yeah. the field. Hoisting the ball up and then and then spiked it. I mean, the spike was just beautiful. I, I mean, he didn't stop there with the, the whole team, like the Pied Piper, right? Yeah. Like following him into the end zone. And I, I, I have to say that I really love that moment. And I deep down, I think Manny Diaz loved that moment for sure. Oh yeah. That it I'm sure he's not happy that Jalen then immediately got another uh, personal foul for whatever. I, we still don't really know yeah, what happened I, on the second one. Um, I mean, but I, I'm sure he was fine with that 15-yard penalty on the first one. Yeah, oh, no doubt. That definitely sparked the team up, and it, was, it really was very – it was kind of exciting. So he was so pumped. I, You know, you just – you love to see that. That is just like the old Canes. Yeah. You know, very refreshing. Yeah, and was, <laughs> I mean, that, that was kind of what we – you know, like I said, Florida State, maybe the best – worst offensive line they're going to face all year, but – we saw what the front seven can like look like when it's really buzzing. Um, between you know, Roche was really good. Uh, Nesta Silvera was awesome. You know, made one of the best games. Uh, honestly, I guess probably his two best games he's played at Miami are probably the two Florida State games because he was awesome last year too. Um, right. And then Bubba Bolden, after he had that twelve tackle game against Louisville, was probably even better on Saturday. Uh, had an interception, a forced fumble, a he had the deflection on the Al Blades pick. Um, I think he had a half a sack yeah. or a tackle for loss. Um, but I think the big, the most positive sign was just that I think Tamorian Terry had no catches, and that was that was DJ Ivy's assignment. He's kind of like the maligned guy in that secondary right now. And again, it's like I it's I feel like it's going to be hard to judge too much off of this game because Florida State was, is such a mess and, um, you know, how, how much, like, do they give up, basically, in, in that situation, especially with their coach not there. Um, but just DJ Ivy 
locking him down. I, I've been really imp- pro- impressed by Al Blades this year. I think he's uh, oh, taken yeah. a massive step forward. And if, if Ivy um, can emerge as that other cornerback, then it has a chance to be the you know a, a big upgrade from, I think, you know, Bandy's probably better than Bandy last year and the last couple of years. Might be better than Blades, but I think the Blades-Ivy combination um, has a chance to be better than the Bandy-Blades-slash-Bandy-Ivy combination from last year, just because those two seem a lot more comfortable. Uh, true. They, they they don't have a ton of depth, so... No, that's the issue. Yeah, they've, they've just got to, uh, you know, they've just got to stay healthy. But I, I do want to say that one thing that's kind of really fun about this team, to me is that there's not, at least so far, okay, there's not, there's no real taunting at all. Uh, the reason it's so, it's so kind of refreshing and fun is that they're having fun. Right. I mean, they're so happy and so, uh, but they're having fun within their own team. You know what I mean? They're, right. they're making huge plays, huge hits on defense and offense, and they're celebrating, and they're like, I, I, I'm like, touche, let Jalen... Phillips do what he did. That was really fun. Right. You know, as long as they're winning big and it's not hurting the team. Okay, that. But it's not. It's not really a taunting thing to the other team. It's no, it's more just like, celebrating. Oh, yeah, they're celebrating. Camaraderie. Yes, I. I think it's it's part of them. Uh, you know, getting this identity and 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 be, and come and coming back, returning yeah. to how they were at least starting to. I think Clemson. I mean, Clemson could well, bring them down. Yeah. Let, let's really take a bad. quick break. We'll talk about the bye, and then we'll do a quick Clemson talk. All right, we are back. Um, do you want to start with – let's start with the bye, I guess. Tech, uh, let's start with Clemson. Just where is your confidence level with Clemson uh, a, you know, a week and a half out? Like, what, what kind of shot do you give Miami? <laughs> um, I give. I mean. All right. Well, let's I, let's put it on a scale. So, like, okay, let's okay. go back to the the I, the ACC championship from 2017, which is the last time Miami played Clemson, right? Yeah, last time they played. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Your confidence level going to that game was as good as Miami was. They were coming off that pit loss. I don't think. I don't know what you felt at that time, but to me, it didn't I feel always, like they had a real shot to win that game. Yeah. <laughs> I get a little bit optimistic, um, a little overly optimistic, probably. Uh-huh. Uh, hey, listen, I'm the one who said uh, upset alert. I think I did some kind of blog saying upset alert for Clemson. You know, they're Miami's worst loss, worst loss in history. Yeah, is the yep. now they got fired the next day. Yeah, I did some kind of video saying you know upset alert. So. That tells you I get I get kind of psyched up before the game, but you got to feel better, I think, about this one than you did the last time. It definitely well, maybe not before that Al Golden one, apparently, but yeah, I do. That was crazy. I do, and I think um, I, I I mean, Derek King is looking so good, um, and if the if the line can can hold up the offensive line, um, I just think. If UM stays with them, just doesn't get blown out. Yeah. Obviously, UM wants to win this game. That would be amazing. That would be like an unbelievable upset. 
um, no matter how good UM is at this point, but um, if they could just stick in there, David, and, yeah. and make it a, a real game um, and and not give up at the end, you know what I mean, not give up an avalanche of points all of a sudden and yeah. stay strong like mentally, I think that will be really good. If they, I, 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 I do think, I mean, yeah, I think they have a shot, but yeah. the, the problem, it's at Clemson. Yeah. That's not going to make it any easier. Yeah, so. I'd be surprised if they win. Um, I would also be disappointed if they lost by, like, more than, like, 17 points. Obviously, it depends how it goes. Like, maybe that's, like, a random touchdown at the end. But, like, oh. 17 oh. or less, 14, basically. Like, if you can keep it two scores, I think you showed you're at least, like, a factor, right? You Like, the, maybe you get them... You, you, you're an ACC championship contender, certainly, and um, you know you want to you want to have play well enough in this game that if you get to the ACC championship, you feel like you got a shot against them, right? I, I think that's probably should be the standard, right? Uh, but I think it's yeah. So I think it, yeah, for sure. But I think the Trevor Lawrence factor. I don't know. I, I he's so good, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think Miami's best hope might, and this is crazy, crazy, crazy to say, is. Like they're gonna have to maybe win a shootout because um, yeah, this Clemson defense, like I said, the defensive line they you know they start I think two freshmen on like true freshmen up front. Um, you know they're they, they lost Isaiah Simmons obviously who was like a top ten pick. Um, you know Christian Wilkins is on the Dolphins like the, that defensive line from the last you know two three years. Those guys are all in the NFL now. Um, and now they're trying to build another one. They've got a lot of really good freshmen, but they're freshmen. And, um, you know, that's got to give Miami some hope that, you know, their offensive line, as, as improved as this offensive line is, it was not going to be able to block the 2018 Clemson Tigers. It might be able to block the 2020 Clemson Tigers. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to be watching this game Saturday night. Yeah, I think that's the other thing. I mean, Clemson's only played – two games and one was against the Citadel. So like we're, we're missing a, a big data point from them. They're, pl- they're playing Virginia this week. Yeah. Who's pretty so, good. So we'll have a much better yeah. idea. I'm, I'm definitely going to watch that one. And um, of course they're not going to, I don't know what they'll show, what they won't show, but um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how, you know, how that goes. And, and also, as every week, how healthy these guys stay. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, it is Miami's bye week. It uh, happens to coincide with the week that Florida is um, basically letting people do whatever they want with regards to uh, the coronavirus. Um, Manny Diaz on Monday basically, you know, he said that's a little bit of a concern. Like, you know, no one knows what, what this reopening is going to do. Um, what concerns you more about this bye week? A potential coronavirus outbreak? Or the uh, the typical Miami being terrible after a week off. Um, the typical Miami being terrible after a week. Yeah, off. I think that's right. I, and 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 here and the thing is, David, I started think like rethinking this. I mean, in years past, I, I know the popular thinking is it's great. I, you know, when they make the schedules, they they purposely. Purposely, the big teams that you're about to play, the, the really highly ranked national teams, they like to give teams a week off yeah. uh, beforehand, usually. And maybe sometimes after a big game, they give them a week off. But 
But in this case, you know, Clemson, probably everybody has a week off before they play Clemson. But Miami does, and I I don't think, I think it's a bad thing, personally. I, I and not just it was a bad, I mean, they went 0-5 I, last year when they had a week, more than a week to prepare. If you, like, include week one, include the bowl game. Um, I, I, it hurt Florida State, too. They had a week off before Miami. I mean, it. It's bad. It, it, it takes you totally out of your rhythm. Yeah. Uh, because when they don't have time, they just go right into it. And 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 if you're doing well, like especially if you're doing well, well yeah, that's is you know, and your adrenaline's up, and you're you're in that rhythm, and you're psyched up and stuff. I I just think the off week is not good. Even David, even if they're well behaved, you know what I mean, and don't go out and party, and don't you know, and do what they're supposed to do. It's very hard to, you have ebbs and flows, and it's very hard to um, to stay up, stay up. Yeah. For You do let, you know you have a few days off, and it's it's hard to, to even for your body, go through, you know, you're used to a certain um, rhythm or cycle or whatever, so I don't, I don't think it's good. What about you? I mean, it's, I think based off of last year, we can definitely say it's not good. Um I would hope that Manny Diaz has changed his uh, bye week plan since last year um, Me too. and has them on a little bit of a different routine. Obviously, the coronavirus also kind of forces them um, to change up their routine um, and maybe honestly makes it easier to get guys to come to the practice facility because, like, what, what else again? Like, you know, and usually like a, a bye week. Um, you know, sometimes guys go home that weekend, right? Like that's usually like a weekend where, where guys will maybe the in-state guys yeah. who are like from Orlando or whatever will go home. Um, yeah, Matt, I'm sure they're not doing that this year. No, I don't, I don't think they're, as far as I know, I don't think they're letting them do that. Yeah. I, so I, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe like guys just want to, you know, maybe they'll, they have an ex- one more practice this year than they would have a typical bye week or, um, you know, just guys like, you know, what else are you going to do other than go get your lift in on Saturday instead? Like there, there might be ways that um, hopefully my, Miami is being smart about not just keeping guys on campus, but also change up their routine from a year ago. I agree with you. And maybe, I, I mean, Manny's really smart about this. I don't, I don't think they're seeing their families. I think they're staying in their bubble. Yep. Uh, they're what they call their bubble. Uh, I think probably, I could see Manny being totally on top of them. Maybe that, maybe them. I could see them having like team events. Yeah. Maybe even fun things, but but with the team together. Right. That's it. Doing things. Uh, I could see things uh, fill in the blank. Some fun thing together with the team late at night. I could even see or some kind of thing or where they're tired. Not even that where they're. He does the schedule, so they're super tired. Or yeah. I just. <laughs> And then the other difference is obviously, and you know, it's the easiest thing to say is the the leadership is really different this year. Like you can just tell, um, just talking to D.R. King, talking to Jared Williams, like those guys are um, theoretically oh. this Miami team should not let success get into its head the same way that last year's did. Um, or not, just, not just, yet. just by virtue it's of really they only start two fresh. Now though, it's too bad. I'm sorry that it's two weeks, but. I know. 
I'm happy for us, but <laughs> I'm sorry for them. Yeah. Uh, it would have been nice, but I'm glad they're doing it now, personally. Yeah. Um, and, and also, David, that they're not, uh, knock on wood, of course, we never know. We don't get to see them practice, but supposedly not injured. Yeah. I mean, we didn't see anyone miss, like, time. Everyone was in the lineup last week, so it seems, seems like everyone's all good. Um, yeah, because... Once people get injured, you know how that happens. If one gets injured and another and another, yeah. so they really, yeah. All right. I think we can wrap things up there. Um, thanks, as always, for listening. You can follow Susan on Twitter at smillerdegnan. Um, like we said, it's a little bit of a quiet week on the Miami Hurricanes front, but that's fine because it is a very busy week on the Miami Marlins and Miami Heat front. Um, so, <laughs> so just go to, go to MiamiHerald.com and read stuff. I don't have anything read, specific to plug, read. but Britt read stuff. There's a lot of stuff. There is a lot of stuff. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson2. Um, thanks, as always, for listening, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week to uh, dive more in-depth to Clemson. Thank you. <laughs>